You're listening to the AG Lockhart Podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching by Pastor Leo Miller. Today is what we call Pentecost Sunday. How many of you have ever heard of that? Raise your hand if you've heard of that. Cooperate with this preacher. He'll get gripey and old. Pentecost Sunday. That is a... special time for the church. It's the day that the Holy Spirit first came upon the disciples while they were gathered in the upper room. Y'all remember the upper room in the Bible. They were all gathered together in one accord, a Honda. Y'all get that? Gathered together, tight fellowship in the upper room. We have two upper rooms. There's a second floor over there, second floor up there, just waiting for some prayer people to convert those rooms into a, a dynamic place of God's presence. They're there. But they were gathered there. They were there because Jesus had told them to go. He, in fact, he told them, don't leave Jerusalem until you have received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Jesus told them, don't you leave. He said, I'm leaving, but you guys stay here. You get together and you will receive what the Father has promised. He said, I've told you about it before. That um, John the Baptist told you about it. He was baptizing with water, but one was coming that was going to baptize. Jesus said also, going to baptize you with fire, with the Holy Spirit. Not literally. And so Jesus told them, this is that time. He says, you're not to leave Jerusalem until you've received that. So they gathered together in what we know as the upper room because we read our Bibles in the book of Acts. And on the day of fully, uh, Pentecost... They experience the infilling, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Today, churches all around the world celebrate the importance of this event. Even Baptist churches celebrate this. They may celebrate it in a way different than us, but all Christian denominations and Christian faith recognize the importance of the Holy Spirit. We are in unity. We're unified as a church worldwide with that. Churches all over gather and recognize this day and this event. In our Bible, in your New Testament scriptures that you have, there are over 276 Bible verses in the New Testament that reference the power of the Holy Spirit or the power of God in the life of the believer. There's that many Bible references that say that we need or God has provided or, or some reference to his power working in our lives. How many of you need the power of God? You need God's help in your life. We do. We fully need that. And we, like all previous generations that have gone before us, also need the power of the Holy Spirit. I thought about this. I thought, well, all the previous generations, I'm 64 years old. I know that's kind of old. If you're young, you're thinking, man. I used, when you're young, you think everything's old. I look back at people that I thought were old, and they were only in their 40s or their 30s, you know. It's relevant to your age. But I think about the 2,000 years plus that have passed since Jesus came physically to the earth. He's always existed, but he came in physical form a little over 2,000 years ago. And I think that seems like a long time ago, but then you just think, well, I'm 65. And if you multiply that times about, what, 30, 32 times, there you are. And it doesn't seem that long ago when you put it in that context. 2,000 years really is not that long. I say, who are you talking about? 
It's really not in reference to eternity. And there is no beginning and no ending to eternity. God has never not existed. God will never not exist. And sometime in some place in the middle of that is a little 2,000 years that we're talking about. And so we, as much as all those previous generations, need the power of the Holy Spirit. The only reason the church exists, the only reason you're sitting inside these walls today is because of the power of God. The moment Jesus was born, there was an effort to kill him. The moment he was born, even when he went to the desert to pray, the enemy tried to destroy him. In the Garden of Gethsemane, the enemy tried to destroy him. He was crucified. He was resurrected. His disciples began to do what he told them to do. That's what the book of Acts is in the Bible. It's the actions of the early disciples, the book of Acts. And they tried to kill them. The more they killed them, the more they grew and the more they flourished. There's never been any organization that's had a greater enemy. They have tried to do the culture cancel, uh, uh, cancel culture to the church from moment one. And the moment you became a Christian, the enemy has tried to kill you spiritually. There is something birthed in us when we come to Christ. It is the person of Christ. And the enemy wants to silence that. He wants to kill that faith, that expectation of hope and love. He wants to put to death any desire you have for God. But the only reason the church still exists is because of the Holy Spirit has, has in, in given the power to the church to go on. He has sustained the church all these years. The church is the largest organization in all the world. I haven't Googled that, but I know that. Because there's not a place on the earth, there's not churches. I would say this, the church probably puts more into the economy of the world than any other organization. If you connect all the things that are connected to Jesus economically. And so we're here because of the Holy Spirit. And um, let's open our hearts in prayer today. Father, thank you for this truth. Thank you for this day. Pentecost Sunday. Help us today, Lord, right now as we begin to talk about the Holy Spirit in Pentecost, I can sense in my spirit maybe some walls rising up, some defensive postures rising up, some human reasoning beginning to take its place and create a stronghold in our mind against whatever this preacher wants to do today. I just want you to live in our hearts, God. I pray that you would just right now, by your Holy Spirit, come and help us to be totally vulnerable to all you want and you have provided for us in Christ. Help us to open up our hearts, oh God, to lay aside any preconceived ideas and prejudice and wrong thinking and wrong attitudes. Well, we don't want to give in to those things. We want to give in to you. We want to yield fully to you today. Come, Holy Spirit, help us, permit us, allow us to experience these things. In Jesus' name, amen. The Holy Spirit, so important. Today's message is the Holy Spirit and the believer. All Generations Church is an Assemblies of God church, or we could call it a Pentecostal church as well. We're not one of those Pentecostal churches that are going to come out there and drag you up to the altar and 
make you do this or that or force anything on you. Go ahead and relax. We haven't, nothing's changed here from last week or the week before. I don't know if that's good or bad, but we have a pretty relaxed atmosphere here. Nobody forces anything on anybody around here, but we most certainly need to proclaim the truth of Pentecost. We believe that the same Holy Spirit and the power that is, av- is available to us today that they experience on the day of Pentecost. We believe that according to the scripture, the believer can be filled with the Holy Spirit, as we read about in the book of Acts in the New Testament. We call this the baptism in the Holy Spirit. How many of you have heard of the baptism in the Holy Spirit? There has always been some disagreement on the subject. Always. From the moment these things existed. They said, oh, they're just drunk. That ain't God. (laughs) Isn't that just like the devil? From the moment it happened, oh, they're just all drunk. I wish somebody thought I was drunk. What? Hey, let me tell you something. I would like to be so filled with God that people thought, man, that person, he acts like he's drunk. Now, don't go get drunk and blame it on God. How many of you have mosquitoes? I'm going to take a side road here. <laughs> Every, y'all just, you just in the habit when the preacher asks something, your hand just goes up. <laughs> I got mosquitoes. <laughs> My mom told me about how to get rid of mosquitoes. She told me, son, go buy you a six-pack of beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Open them up, let them go stale. That'll break you from drinking stale beer. I haven't drank since 1975, but I remember how stale beer tastes. Anyway, then get you a bottle of blue mouthwash. Y'all taking notes? And a box of Epsom salt. Mix it all together and go spray it in the yard. That'll chase the devil off. That'll chase everything off. But I haven't. She's told me this for years. And I'm like, well, I just can't go in the store and buy a six-pack of beer. I said, well, maybe I can do it on the way back from Port O'Connor someday and nobody will see me. My kid said, no, Dad. I'm thinking about doing it now that I'm, that I'm retiring and just posting it. What you going to do? <laughs> I have no desire for beer. So anyway, instead I ordered me some Cutter. Anybody know what Cutter is? Mosquito spray? I don't know how I got into that, but I do things like that. But we call this the baptism in the Holy Spirit. What a transition that is, huh? There's always been disagreement about the subject. And you may have some today. You may differ with me, and that's fine. I'm not here to change your mind in that way. God does what he does in our lives. Some believe it was just an experience for the apostles and the early believers or the first century church. But church history, if you read much about it, speaks about this same experience, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, in the lives of believers for hundreds of years later. Even Paul the Apostle, 55 years after the initial falling and and experiencing the baptism of the Holy Spirit, 55 years later, he's writing those in Corinth, and he's saying, I don't want you to fall short of any of these gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's a 55 years later, he still hasn't got over it. And he's still preaching about it. And he's still telling others that it's still available. 
in the scriptures there in the book of Corinth. So we believe there is a biblical expectation that supports the modern-day baptism in the Holy Spirit. We believe that today. Let's read that outpouring, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. It says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, shaking all their windows, like Matt said. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then we see what Peter had to say about it in verse 38 and 41 as he was preaching that same day. He says, Then Peter said to them, Repent. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for, for the forgiveness or remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off. You and I were afar off at that time. As many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation then those who gladly received his word were baptized and that day about three thousand souls were added to them the first mega church was a pentecostal church in fact the only church in the new testament is a pentecostal church there's no other church that exists in the bible in the new testament scripture except a pentecostal church and you can do a lot with that and many people do. It would be difficult to go into all the Bible teaching about this. I say, well, the Scripture supports this and that. And you're like, well, where's the Scriptures? You would be here till the cows come home, wherever they're at, if I got into all that. I cannot address all that in one sermon. I'm not even here to try to prove it. I'm only here to proclaim it as a biblical truth today. And I believe that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a biblical truth and a biblical experience for every New Testament believer. Let's do this. What to expect when you are filled or baptized with the Holy Spirit? Number one, expect to speak in tongues or a language that you're unfamiliar with. Therein lies the problem. People like, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but I want it to be done my way. And it's my way or the highway, and a lot of times they hit the highway. When you start talking about tongues, relax. Can everybody just take a deep breath? I'm not here to force anything on anybody, to make anybody do anything. There's no reason, though, to be afraid about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The biblical pattern supports that when people are baptized in the Holy Spirit, they begin to speak in a different language, an unfamiliar language. A lot of people get confused. They said, well, yeah, but in the Bible, other people understood what they were saying. There are three different types of uses for tongues in the Bible. One of them is our private prayer language when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Another one is tongues and interpretation. It's for public use. Somebody speaks in tongues. Somebody has the interpretation. 
it is there to encourage and edify believers. Another one is for the use of evangelism, where it might actually be a language that somebody else knows. It's in their natural tongue, and they understand it. How can that person, like in the Bible, how can that person talk that way? They never even lived there, and it's a sign to them, and they, they're surprised by the miracle, the miracle of that, and they come to the Lord. And so... We don't have to be confused. When we talk about tongues, we're talking more about a prayer language. There are some people who struggle with this, and they say, well, do I have to speak in tongues? You don't have to do anything. God's not going to just take control of you and make you do anything. I'm not saying God couldn't, but I've not yet seen him do that. But the gift of tongues, our prayer language, is something that generally comes with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The Assemblies of God puts it this way. It is the first outward physical manifestation of the Holy Spirit in a person as they begin to speak in that way. Just if, It's not the most important thing by any means. It's not the only thing by any means. But the first physical things in the Bible that we see as a pattern there. And all we can do is, is follow biblical patterns, what we see in Scripture. If God wants to change that up, that's his business. Amen? But we follow the biblical patterns. And so God does not make us do anything, but speaking in tongues will deepen your prayer life, will deepen your relationship with the Lord. Jude, verses 20 through 21, says this, But you, beloved, building up yourselves upon your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Praying in the Spirit. I believe that this is a reference, and people debate this, a reference to our spiritual language, our prayer language. It would just cause you to be able to communicate, connect, experience fellowship with the Lord on a level that you cannot on the natural. How many of you sometimes have a hard time explaining what you mean? Husbands, I know that's true. And wives, you know it's true. That's not what I meant. Well, sometimes you may be in such a place with the Lord. You may be just overcome by his love and his grace. And you don't have words enough to express your love and appreciation. I believe that the prayer language, the gift of speaking in tongues allows us to perfectly communicate with God in the Spirit. On our behalf, on the behalf of others that we're sometimes praying for, it goes, a path, it goes beyond our human understanding and our reasoning. And you might think, well, why would we have to do that anyway? I don't know. I think it takes a little humility to surrender to the Lord in that way. And isn't it like the Lord to require us to humble ourselves? Well, I ain't going to do that. Well, even if you did, you probably not would happen with that attitude. It requires humility. It requires, Lord, whatever you want. Whatever you want. Like Peter at the Last Supper. The Lord was going to wash his feet and say, you ain't going to do that to me. And said, well, if I can't, then la, la, la. He said, okay, well, in that case, wash everything. <laughs> right? That's the attitude we need to have. Lord, Everything. Whatever you want. So when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you can expect to speak in tongues. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you can expect a greater hunger for God 
and a grace to live differently. A grace to live differently. When I first gave my life to the Lord, I thought, man, this is cool. All I got to do is believe. I can still smoke pot. I can still shoot drugs, you know. I can still party when I get out. Do it out of prison, not out of church. I can still do all that stuff. But then when I started reading the Bible and I was soon baptized in the Holy Spirit. Some new believers got me down in the day room of the prison. They said, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? I guess they could tell I hadn't. I was still thinking about pot. <laughs> I said, well, no, well, come here. They got a hold of me. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I drink all the liquor I want to drink. It's like Jimmy Swaggart said one time, I smoke all the dope I want to smoke. I just don't want to smoke dope or drink liquor anymore. The Lord changed that. And so when the Holy Spirit, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, it changes us from the inside out. It gives us a, a power over those sinful habits, a greater desire for the Word of God, a hunger for God, for the Word of God. The Holy Spirit in us creates a new dynamic in our spiritual relationship with the Lord. You can expect a greater boldness to speak about your faith and love for God. Before I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, when I walked down that line headed to the chow hall from the cell, you take that Bible from church and you go like this, kind of hiding it on the back side of your leg. Hey, guys, because you're walking that way. Other guys are walking this way. Hey, homie, don't you know me? <laughs> oh, but when you got baptized in the Holy Spirit... Hey, guys, how you doing? Come to church. What's Leo saying? That's right. You will experience a greater boldness in the things of the Lord to step out and to speak about the things of God. A greater faith, a greater love for God. You will want to share with others what Christ has done in your life. Are you hungry for the Holy Spirit yet? One poor soul out there. <laughs> Expect a greater capacity to love others. To love others. Maybe some people today that you don't love. You go down aisle four if they're on aisle one at H-E-B. If you see their car in the parking lot for church when you pull up there, you, well, I, don't, I knew I wasn't supposed to come to church today. Good thing about a large building, you can separate yourself. Just saying, some of that stuff exists in us still, even as Christians. The Holy Spirit will help you with that. He will, he will enable you to do what Jesus said. Pray for those who despitefully use you. If he asks you to go one mile, go two miles. If he hits you on one cheek, turn the other. My attitude about, well, you don't know my attitude about that. Just don't go hit me on the cheek. He will enable you to love others in a way that you haven't. You'll have a greater compassion toward people that you didn't have before. And empathy for people. Again, when I was in prison, he said, why are you always talking about, well, that's... All this happened there. So to talk about my experience, I got to take you back there. When I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, 
I was raised to be racially prejudiced. And my mom may be listening to that. And by this, I just mean that my stepfather, Chuck, he, was, he had some real racial issues. I wasn't raised to be that way, but I was raised in that environment. Consequently, I was very much that way myself. A lot of my, anyway, I was very much that way. And one day in the chapel program, in the church chapel, all the brothers in the Lord, all these convicts, were in a circle. Our hands were on each other's shoulder, big old circle. And I got Ricky Drake on this side, who's a black brother, and I got Isaac Roberts on this side, who's a black brother. And we're all just crying out to God and crying. And afterward, we give each other a big hug. And I remember hugging Ike Roberts, who has preached at this church before. I remember hugging him and saying, dear God, what happened to me? I'm serious. And there's not any of that in me. The love of God, the Holy Spirit, will give you the capacity to love beyond even your hurts, your wounds, your experiences in life. Take that clock and roll it back for me, Lord. I knew this was going to be one of those things. All right, how to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Anybody have any interest in that? It's just an old-time nuts-and-bolts type sermon on the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Number one, draw close to God. Pray, worship, seek the Lord. You can't just come in here and say, well, yeah, that sounds good. I think I want some of that. I'm going to go up there and get that. You didn't work, and people say, well, what's up with that? You need to have the right attitude. Lord, I really, I'm seeking more of you. I'm lacking something. I'm desiring more of your power and more of a determination to serve you and a hunger for the Lord, a desire for God. We need to have a hunger for the things of God. Number two, ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. We are to ask, Lord, I want your Holy Spirit. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Number three, don't hold back. Yield to God. Expect an unction to speak in an unfamiliar language. Sometimes people, at that point, they don't know what to do. Sometimes these things help happen publicly at a service like this. Sometimes these things happen at home in your own time of worship. I've heard all kinds of testimonies, and we probably even have those here today in our church. But sometimes that person is worshiping, they're asking God to do that, and a person may come by and lay their hand on their, their head and, and say, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And they might just feel something that they want to, to speak out with, but then they become aware of their surroundings, and they withdraw from that. And... Sometimes we don't yield fully to all that God wants to do. God is not going to make you do anything. I speak in tongues at will. What do you mean? I thought that was something God made you do. No, God has given me the ability to pray in a spiritual language. When I choose to do that, I engage with the Lord. Just like I can hablo espanol. God didn't make me speak Spanish. You, you speak. Amen. And so we have to fully yield to the Lord. We feel the unction. And then after you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and you have the gift of the prayer language, speaking in tongues, 
then you will, you know, there's not always an unction there, but there's a need to reach out. Your prayer life can be just kind of, oh man, it's kind of, and then you kind of shift gears and begin to pray in the spirit and things begin to stir up in your heart, in your life. So I encourage you in that way. Oftentimes people follow these instructions and have a wonderful encounter with the Lord. Amen? A wonderful encounter with the Lord. It's sad that not enough of this instruction is given in our churches anymore. Even Pentecostal churches don't want anything to happen that's going to scare somebody off or disrupt somebody or, or disturb somebody. And I get that as a pastor. But I also get this. If nothing happens, we are in big trouble. We need God. We need God to intervene. We need more than counseling and small groups and stage lights and pretty music. We need God's intervention into our life. Sometimes people don't experience all the things I'm talking about today and all the things they desire. They may be too self-conscious, but it has to start somewhere. If nothing else, it starts right here. I'm beginning to draw close to the Lord. I want more of God. Even if you don't experience everything that I'm talking about, it's a journey that you're beginning. It's a conversation that you're opening up with the Lord. Lord, I've, I've waited too long to, to discover more of your presence in my life. I'm seeking you. I'm on a journey with you. I want more. I want everything that you have for me. For those of you that have had that experience I would just encourage you and say to you, don't be discouraged, but keep on seeking God. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11 tells us, if we seek, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who if his son asks for a bread will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, you will give him a serpent. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to the children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give you good things to those who ask of him? I'm going to ask our worship team to come. I've heard it said like this before. And you heard people say these things. Say, well, I don't believe this. I believe this. I believe that. Well, I heard it said like this. Don't let your experience establish your beliefs but let the Bible establish your experience. Just because you tried something and it didn't work, you say, well, I don't, I don't believe everybody has to do that. I don't believe everybody has to be this or that. That's human reasoning. But instead, let the Bible define your experience the right attitude god it's in the bible i hear it preached i know so and so so and so i see this in the bible i want what you say is mine as a child of god i want to be filled with the holy spirit determined to experience all that god has for us without the holy spirit the church and all of our gatherings will lack spiritual unction passion and faith we can do church without the Holy Spirit. What? Yeah, you can get up and sing and preach and say things and shake hands and drink coffee without the Holy Spirit. But maybe nothing spiritual will happen. Maybe some relational things will happen. Maybe even in that atmosphere there's some encouragement that happens. But spirituality, spiritual breakthroughs, spiritual dynamics come from the Holy Spirit. 
I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the doctrinal answers or the experiential answers. But I do know we most desperately, as all generations, need the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. The power of the Holy Spirit in our life. Our church atmosphere can create an environment It may even feel like spiritual life. But the truth is, only God can reproduce and produce spiritual life. Jesus said this in John 3, verses 5 through 6. Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Only the spirit can give life. So I encourage you today, if you've already received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, exercise those giftings, yield to the Holy Spirit. The Bible talks about us walking in the Spirit, not the flesh, being led by the Spirit, not the flesh. If you've not yet experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you're no less than Christian. Don't, there's no condemnation in that. But I'm praying God will give you a hunger and a desire for more of what He has in your life. Spiritual life. I was talking to a young man just a couple days ago, about 40 years old. He's been coming to our church since about 2019. About the middle of 2019, he started coming. He is a 12-year Marine Corps vet been severely injured, has all kinds of metal and bolts and things in his body as a result of being blown up. And he still has all his limbs, praise the Lord, but they don't always want to work right. He's been through it. He's seen all the worst part of wars. He went on four tours in Afghanistan and Iraq as a young man. His girlfriend began to bring him to church. I remember them sneaking in. Even before she got hooked up with him, she would come a little late and leave a little early. Always had a hard time catching up with him. I finally caught up with him. Some of you know how that is. I'll get you. I'm gonna, well, not anymore. I'm going to be gone. So good luck with that. But, but anyway... She started bringing him to church. I thought, well, she's got some guy tagging along with her now. Hope that doesn't derail her. Hope that's not that missionary dating. I'll explain that to you some other time. It kind of was, though. Sometimes it works out. He would come off and on, but not always with her. In December of 2019, he was here in church. And while I was speaking... He encountered the Lord in the most powerful way. He told me the other day, and I knew this, I didn't have all the details because I prayed with him that day. He says, while I was speaking, he said it was like a light bust through the metal beams up there. And it was a light just shining right down on him. Isn't it interesting one guy can be experiencing all this and the rest of us are texting? And wondering how much longer that guy's going to preach. 
Our heart matters, doesn't it? He said it was like a light shined down to the roof. And then he said, I began to hear something in my ear says, said to me, it's okay. I forgive you. He felt warm affirmation of love covering him. He said he began to feel the guilt and things lifted off of him. Sounds real familiar to me. That's what I experienced in a prison cell. Then he said he began to weep uncontrollably. And he said, I'm not a crier. He began to weep and he couldn't stop. He said, I couldn't stop. No matter how hard I tried to stop, I didn't stop. That's when they came up to me. At the end of the service, he was still crying, trying to explain all this to me. And I prayed with him. He told me before that day, he was most miserable. He had no peace. He had guilt. He was tormented and confused about all that he had gone through with the war. Things he was feeling afterwards and the things looking back at the young man that he did and done. He said he couldn't find any rest from that. Whether he was working or whether he was sleeping, it was with him. He said every night before that day, my wife was there, she heard these things said. I asked him permission to tell this this morning. He said every night before that day, that Sunday, I drank a fifth of alcohol every night to cope with it. Every night. He told me, tearing up, he's drank one time since then and didn't like how it tasted. That's pretty cool, huh? He said, now I have peace that I've never had. Joy and assurance that I've never had. He's about to be a father. He's now married to that girlfriend. They're expecting a baby any day, literally. Maybe already. And I told him, I said, what a great time to become a dad after getting rid of all that stuff. You're ready now. You're ready. I asked him, I said, I called him yesterday. I said, do you mind if I share this? He said, I don't care. He said, I tell everybody. I ain't afraid. I ain't ashamed. I tell everybody. Go ahead. When we were leaving that day, he looked at Terry and I, my wife and I, and he said, you know, he goes, I've always known three kinds of people when it came to God. He said, I've known the atheists. They just ain't going to believe it no matter what you say. He says, and I've known those that, they say they believe it, but, you know, they're just kind of, and then there's those people that believe it. And they want everybody to know it. And there ain't no way you're going to ever talk them out of it. He said, that's who I am now. That's who I am now. I believe you can get saved and feel the Holy Spirit at the same time. It doesn't always happen that way. But he encountered the Holy Spirit. He encountered the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more information about All Generations Church, go to aglockhart.org.